Oh, are we starting already? Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. So, uh, oh, this is awkward. Zion Narrows for sale. Park cancels hiking permits. We might lose access to the Zion Narrows forever. Hikers moan when Zion Narrows closed. Here are five other popular Utah destinations where private property questions could threaten access. Whoa, this sounds bad. What is actually happening here? Here's the issue. A month ago in Zion National Park, hikers came across dramatic for sale signs on one of the park's popular and iconic trails called the Narrows. This led the Park Service to quickly cancel future permits for hiking that area. It turns out that a part of the Narrows crosses over private land and the landowner was fed up with the feds. Okay, wait, so where is Zion and what is the Narrows? So we got put on hold a few times, but we really wanted to talk to some of the folks who work in Zion every day. So we got in touch with Bill Dunn, a manager at Zion Adventure Company. The Narrows is a, a large, long slot canyon where the Virgin River uh, has carved its way through the sandstone and um, without hyperbole created Zion Canyon. What makes it special is there are very few other places in the country where you can do a hike like this, where you're hiking in the water through a slot canyon, starting at one point and ending at another uh, really getting a very intimate relationship with uh, the Virgin River, which, like many other rivers in the Southwest, uh, has really created a very unique landscape. One of the characteristics of Zion National Park is that several private inholdings can be found throughout and adjacent to the park property. In some instances, these privately owned parcels can cause challenges with access to highly sought after hikes. In most cases, agreements are reached to allow legal passage and keep these trails open. In fact, the Narrows, the topic of this new dispute, already has an easement in place to allow hikers through an earlier portion of the hike. So why is this dispute any different? Can't they just create another easement? Well, actually, the landowner has allowed access for many years, and in fact, what they really want is government ownership of that land so that access is protected in perpetuity. So why doesn't the landowner just give the land to the government if they support public access to it? So in a lot of cases, landowners have their, the bulk of their assets tied up in their property. You know, they're land rich and cash poor. That was Jim Pedersen, the Southwest and Colorado Director for the Trust for Public Land. The trust is working with the Bullock family to secure access to the Narrows. So it's not like they can just afford to hand over essentially their 401k or their family's birthright to a public agency for access for recreationists. That makes sense. So if the government wants the land, the owners want to sell, then what's the holdup? Well, before you sell property, you must have it appraised, which is a fancy way of saying you have to figure out what it's worth. But both the owner and seller do their own appraisal, and in this case, they arrived at significantly different price points. There are places, and this is one of them, that are very unique. You know, the property borders a national park. It has a Zion Narrows in it. So it's, it's really hard to go out. Like, if you're going to do an appraisal for your house, the appraiser would go out and look and find comparable-sized houses on comparably situated lots in comparable locations, and you'd have something to compare it against. And here you have a unique property that it's hard to compare what the value is of being adjacent to a national park with kind of high desert scrubland compared to a piece of high desert scrubland that's not anywhere near a national park, and how do you decide the difference, differential in value? But none of this explains those dramatic headlines that we read before. Well, after three years of negotiations, the Bullock family became so frustrated at the unwillingness of the federal government to pay a fair price 
that they placed for sale signs right along the trail. Whoa, that's quite a statement. Yeah. Can you imagine being deep into a slot canyon in Zion National Park and you come across a for sale sign? Unexpected to say the least. And when the Park Service found out, they took swift action. Oh, so that's why they closed the trail. So no one has been in the Narrows since late September? Well, they reached a temporary agreement to keep it open through the end of 2018 and honor pre-existing permits. But there is no permanent solution yet. For me, this whole story underlines the hidden web of public and private land ownership and the way it can greatly affect our ability to enjoy special places. Talking to Bill gave us a window into the community surrounding Zion, and he highlighted that events like these serve as stark reminders of the vulnerability of these protected places. This certainly isn't the first time in recent years where the concept of access to public land has been an issue, particularly in Utah, but more so the reaction was, wow, look how scary this is. Look at that. We're we're kind of faced uh, right in our face that this could go away. Like the, 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 potential exists for something else to go away. And, and that would be such a loss uh, for anybody who wants to come to science. Dang, it must be really scary to feel like you're going to lose a place that you care about so much. But according to Bill, when it comes to preserving those places, the key is maintaining important relationships. It, it's sort of a reminder of, okay, we have all this public land, all this federal land that uh, is directly adjacent to private land. And sometimes if those relationships between the land managers and the public are not uh, managed carefully or uh, issues are not addressed um, with uh, the right amount of um, urgency, then then we can have these problems. So I, I feel like one of the things that we took away from Bill there was um, those relationships sometimes get neglected or sort of, I don't know, mistreated or taken for granted maybe? I, I think that people often forget in these situations, even people who work in places that are really beautiful and also have public-private land partnerships that maintain access, they forget that there are a lot of like human relationships involved in keeping access open to so many people. And this is an example of having one of those relationships kind of come into question. Right, sort of got brought to the forefront really quickly in a really dramatic fashion, right? I mean, putting for sale signs up in probably like one of the most iconic hikes in the world is making a statement. But I feel like one of the reasons we came to this in the first place is we felt like the headlines about that action were sort of misleading and not necessarily helping the situation. Right, I mean, to have a lot of big, you know, news outlets, places like Outside Magazine or, you know, the Salt Lake Tribune or whatever, come up with these sensationalist headlines really kind of, you know, villainizes the, in some sense, villainizes the people who they're really just trying to maintain access for people and also support their families and their livelihoods. Right. I mean, the Bullock family has come out and said, you know, we've been trying for years to get this transaction to happen, but they got really frustrated, which is fair. I mean, they should, they deserve a fair price for what is a valuable piece of property. That sort of antagonistic uh, reporting in a way doesn't tell the whole story. And simplifies it to us versus them or like two parties who are in reality are on the same side here. One of the issues here that we're bumping up against is the fact that the federal government doesn't have the means or isn't willing to come to the same level or the same you know, price essentially as that family, which sort of highlights the fact that federal ownership is not the only way uh, to protect these sort of important special places. Yeah, and I think that it, it's just a theme here that has come up several times in this episode, and it's just that 
there are other ways to secure access to public lands that you know that even though the lands themselves may not be publicly owned in the sense that they're federally owned they still are accessible to the public as a result of smartly negotiated relationships and um, you know meaningful organizations that put a lot of time and effort into securing access places like the trust for public land nature conservancy other places that are out there conserving land for its for its values that are outside of just private ownership yeah, so it, it turns out that in a lot of these cases, just talking nicely to people is a great way to, to form relationships. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy idea, I know. Weird, yeah, and we made sure to ask Jim uh, from the Trust for Public Land, you know, what sort of advice he had for you, our listeners, about how you can get involved in these processes and how you can support uh, both transactions from the federal level and local nonprofits and land trusts. One is in the case of the Saman Gulch property at the Zion Narrows, the funding source that um, has been secured, we have some funding secured for a deal once we reach an agreement, comes through a program called the Federal Forest Legacy Program. And funds for that program come from the Land and Water Conservation Fund. And the Congress, in the end of September, let the Land and Water Conservation Fund expire, um, which threatens the existence of this vital program that's created you know, had 45,000 different projects in every state in the country that helps ensure that people have places to get outdoors and get active. So I would encourage your listeners to reach out to their local member of Congress and make it absolutely clear that um, permanent reauthorization and full funding of the Land and Water Conservation Fund is important to them. That's the first thing. And then the second thing, is that organizations like the Trust for Public Land, local land trusts, and other um, national organizations and local organizations are working their tails off um, to make sure that um, things like the Land and Water Conservation Fund persist and places like Saman Gulch and the Zion Narrows are protected. So find a local organization that has a mission that moves you and invest time and resources in supporting those organizations so that we can keep the momentum going particularly right now where there's so much friction and negativity in our political and and policy discourse that finding those opportunities to be an optimistic conservationist and get some things done on the ground it can just never more important than it is today so reach out get engaged get involved and and spread around your time and resources to make good stuff happen All right, so uh, we wanted to thank a few people, uh, namely Bill Dunn yeah. over there at Zion Adventure Company. Thanks, Bill. And they, Jim Patterson. Yeah, from the Trust for Public Land. Mm-hmm. And uh, who else do we want to thank? Oh, all of you listeners for spending the last, I don't know, seven to ten minutes of your day listening to us talking. We don't even know how long this episode no, is. No, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we, you may have noticed this is a slightly shorter episode than the last one, and that's because we're just trying our hand out a couple of different things here, and it's great practice for us to put together a shorter episode like this. I uh, really appreciate all of you who have reached out to us with your ideas, your thoughts. Uh, if you have more ideas for things we should cover, please let us know. We love hearing from you all, and we also really appreciate when you give us uh, any, any stars. Any Hopefully stars. Hopefully at least three stars on iTunes, and leave a review. Yep. And uh, yeah, until next time. Thanks for listening.